All right, guys, before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group. We've had several DNVR listeners switch over to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years and make them their permanent family dentist. And those people have reached out to us and said, wow, this is great. I mean, these people really take care of you just like family and and they're part of our family. So check out Green Mountain Dental Group. Sign up for a cleaning x-ray and exam. They'll hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. It's an awesome deal from some awesome people. Make sure you go check out Green Mountain Dental Group for all of your dentistry needs. Number one for the one and only Our Broncos podcast presented by MSU Denver online time and time again the thing that will protect you best against economic downturns is an education allowing you to adapt into varying careers and you can go and build your toolbox at MSU and of course MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution so when you sign up you or when uh, when you get over there, you can keep a full-time job uh, and get your education to hopefully get a better full-time job later on. So check out msudenver.edu slash online to see all they have to offer. My boy, Ryan, what's shaking, my friend? Man, uh, not much, not much. Just uh, hanging out, lucked into a uh, tea time at City Park this afternoon uh, at 4 o'clock. So looking forward to that later. Basically, if you want to get a tea time at City Park these days, you just have to refresh the page a bunch of times during the day and just hope that you're on there when someone else drops theirs. I was going to, is this something that you do just every single day? Like right when you wake up, check City Park. That's the first thing you do before you get out of bed. No, it's, it's like part of my daily routine. Like anytime (laughs) I finish a task, I just refresh the page for all seven days um because it lets you book for seven days so i just like refresh click thursday friday saturday sunday monday tuesday wednesday oh <laughs> nothing all right on to my next thing and i'm like oh i finished lunch better check the tea times so that's uh, how you reward yourself i love it yeah exactly it, it, you know and once in a while you get lucky and well i know we talked about jinxes yesterday and this is not a jinx i'm just looking at facts right here no rain in the forecast at all today, Ryan. So you should be good. Yeah, a little rain might be nice because it's going to be like a hundred degrees. But yeah, <laughs> it's all good. Uh, Nearly record breaking. <laughs> That's true. I mean, you want to play in in Arizona in the summer, so this is nothing. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's a dry heat, as they say. <laughs> Are you a believer of dry heat? Yeah, for sure. Um, I've played in 100 degrees in Colorado countless times or Arizona. Uh, not a big deal. I played in Cancun when it was 98 degrees and like 90% humidity. And I couldn't even hold on to the club because my hands were so sweaty. So, yeah, there's a big difference. 
So then did you turn into a Ryan two glove for that round? Did you have to throw on gloves? No, it was Ryan no gloves um, because I sweat through the glove in like the first hole. So it was just like, it just made it worse. So I literally had a dry towel that I would have to dry my hands off before every single swing, take the swing and then, you know, go back to the towel. Wow. Was that an enjoyable round? You know, um, a lot of beers, a lot of beers. So, you know, you can't, uh, you can't get in the way. And by what whole four, your sweat just smelled like beer. Yeah, totally. And you know, then you're just, <laughs> you can just keep drinking them because you're sweating them right out. It's true. It's, it's almost needed there. You, you have to have the beer. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> a lot of golf talk on the podcast this week. I love it. Um, also, uh, you know, I guess we're kind of like, so just as a spoiler alert tomorrow, tomorrow's Friday, right? Yeah. Tomorrow on three ring circus, <laughs> Uh, we're going to have our buddy, Nate Kreckman on, uh, he Ooh. is a, he's a fun dude, man. Like one of my favorite people, um, that on the radio for sure. Uh, and actually I'll, I'll tell this more tomorrow, but he was uh, like one of the people that got me into sports talk radio and just like <laughs> wanting to, to be in this field. So I'll, I'll gas him up a little bit tomorrow. Uh, but we're going to do. The preseason Broncos team awards. So basically predicting who's going to be the MVP, who's going to be the defensive player of the year, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and today, to maybe to kind of set that stage for it, are we cre- basically creating here, Zach, our preseason all AFC West team? Yes, that's exactly what we're doing. Yeah, I, I like how you, you mentioned that because, you know, college does this. Why doesn't the NFL do this? I guess we're doing well, it now. Honestly, college just does it out of desperation to like make people talk about them. You know, the NFL isn't really desperate to get people talking about the NFL. College is like, hey, uh, we've got 742 preseason award lists. Is that can that get you guys talking? And you know that Henry like mentions that Nate Landman is a preseason finalist or preseason uh, guy for the for uh, the butt kiss award, and you know that gets him to talk about Nate Landman for a little while. Big fan of Nate Landman, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. Big announcement <laughs> uh, as it relates yep. to Nate Landman coming today, actually. So maybe by the time you've heard this, uh, we're all big Nate Landman fans. <laughs> yep. Um, so anyways, let's dive in. And the point of this exercise really is just to see how many Broncos should be on this list. How many Broncos could be on this list? How many Broncos will be on this list? Um, so let's go through it, Zach. We'll start on the offensive side of the ball in, in – We'll just do the easiest and fastest one right away. Um, quarterback, it's Patrick Mahomes. Easy, easy, easy. Now, Ryan, because of your view of Justin Herbert, we're not going to go through and rank every position for everyone, but I'm just curious who you would have as two. Would it be Herbert, or are you giving it to Carr? I'm giving it to Carr still. Um, oh, okay. I think if I – well, okay, I guess – if you're asking me to project, uh, and and I think an an important thing to mention right now before we go through all of this is we're just doing it. At least the, my interpretation is we're just doing for this year. So like age doesn't right. really matter unless the age is going to slow them down this year. Right, right, yeah. I'm just trying to think, but but the goal of this right is to be right at the end of the season. If we were to go back at the end of the season and say, okay, who played the best? then that's your goal. So 
basically due to my lack of confidence in Derek Carr, here's what I'm saying is right now, Derek Carr is still a better quarterback in my opinion, but okay. I just don't believe in him. Um, so I, I'll go Herbert, but okay, man, that's close though. Cause I'm, I'm an easy Herbert, but, uh, I understand your, I, where you're coming from with, with Herbert. Yeah. I think people are just a li- little too much too fast on Herbert. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sold yet. Yeah, I think that's I think that's very fair. Um, very fair. All right, Ryan, should we go to running back since we got Patrick Mahomes as our QB one running back? Man, to me, when I look at this, Ryan, if we look at rooms, I think you're going Denver Broncos, or at least I think I'm going Denver Broncos. But when we're going one individual running back, I think I gotta go Josh Jacobs here. Yeah, and I actually wouldn't even give the room to the Broncos. I'd still give it to the Raiders with Kenyon Drake as their backup. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Josh Jacobs is definitely the most dynamic runner in in the uh, division right now. Maybe Javante Williams in a couple of years. It very well could be. But it's not Melvin Gordon, that's for sure. <laughs> and now wide receiver. So we got two spots for receiver right here easy for me to just eliminate everyone from the Raiders. Uh, easy for me to uh, give Tyreek Hill one of those spots. Do you agree with that, Ryan? Yep. And then I think there's a big conversation with everyone else here. So if I'm projecting, if I'm saying this is who's going to be on this list at the end of the year, okay, I'm giving it to Jerry Judy. Oh, I love it. Well, that's that's what we're doing. We're, we're trying to be right about how this year's going to go. So here's who's competing with Jerry Judy. You have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. I don't really think Mike Williams is competing. No. I think Keenan Allen is competing for that. Uh, and then you also have uh, Sammy Watkins and Cortland Sutton. Yes, Sammy Watkins is not. Is Sammy Watkins oh, no, still around over not. there? No, he's he's not. So Demarcus yeah. Robinson, uh, and uh, and Nicole uh, Hardman. Yeah. So I mean, really, to to me, it comes down to uh, to uh, Keenan Allen or Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton or Cortland Sutton. Yeah. So you got two two Broncos in the running. Um, you know, if I could, if if you could promise me that Cortland Sutton is the same guy he was before injury, um, then I would probably put him over Keenan Allen even. Um, but I just have a really good feeling about Jerry Judy this year. And I do too. I like that a lot. I'm going Jerry Judy as well, Ryan. Coming to a consensus on all of this. Man, what he can do, especially why I feel very comfortable giving him the net, the, the nod over those other guys, is... I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the starter and the chemistry that we've seen from those two is going to lead to a monster season for Jerry Judy. Now he's going to have to be a thousand yard receiver in order to beat out Keenan Allen. But I think that's something that he is absolutely going to be able to do. I think he's going to do it with Drew Locke as well, but I just think we could see a massive season if it's Teddy Bridgewater, because I think Teddy's just going to look Jerry Judy's way left and right. So I like it. There's our first Bronco. And you know what? That's not bad. There's four teams. We've gone through four positions and you have one Broncos. So Broncos are carrying their weight right now on the offensive side of the ball. There you go. All right. Um, so you only gave us two receiver spots. 
So does that mean there's two tight end spots? Oh, should we go three receivers then? What do you think? What's because we're not going fullback. Well, either way, you're getting two Broncos in. So um, you're either getting you're either adding. uh, I mean, Keenan Allen maybe sneaks in, but I let's just go to tight end since we already did it the other way. Um, And so you've definitely got Travis Kelsey. Yep. And then I think you go Noah Fant. So over Darren uh, Waller, no. Yeah, that's what's that. That's what's tough. I mean, when you look at this, Ryan, you could legitimately say by the end of this season, the AFC West has the top three tight ends in the NFL. So in this rankings, it's like, man, how is Noah Fant not even making the All Division team? But then you literally look at like an All NFL team, and Noah Fant could easily be third. When you look at tight ends. Uh, you had George Kittle get injured last year, but over the past couple of years, it's been Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, and George Kittle as by far the best yep. tight ends in the NFL. It's not crazy to say that Noah Fant can be one of the at the fourth in that group or even making his way up in that small group by the end of this season. Now, in order to do that, He's got to have a monster season. Travis Kelsey led the NFL in receiving last year with 1,300 yards. Just insane. Darren Waller's been around that 1,000-yard mark for many years in a row. And when George Kittle's playing, he's also around that 1,000-yard mark, if not above. No offense, Ryan, I have no doubt in my mind that he can be that type of guy. He can, but look at, like, I mean, the, the Chiefs are just a cheat code, so it doesn't even matter. But, like, look at who surrounds Darren Waller. Um, and who he's fighting for receptions, it's no one. Whereas whereas Noah Fant is going to have to fight for every yard and every reception that he gets uh, in the Broncos' offense. So that's the only thing where I'm like, man, I it's hard for me to imagine him being a 1,000-yard receiver just because I think there's two guys in line ahead of him who would be a 1,000-yard receivers first. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And then also just look at George Kittle. Now the 49ers are starting to get some wide receiver weapons. They haven't had those in the past, though. And, and the ones they have had have been hurt. And then they've been rotating through running backs like crazy with injuries. So it really has just been George Kittle. So that makes a that's a great point there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. Um, it's. It's tough for Noah to not make this list, but I mean, Darren Waller was over a thousand yards last year. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's go to the offensive line and start with the position. I think the Broncos may have the best shot and it's left tackle. Who would have thought a year ago we'd be saying that Garrett Bowles can be on the all AFC West team as their left tackle, but he's got some serious competition with Orlando Brown with the chiefs there. Yeah. Also with the Raiders, I don't think you have much competition right now. Well, or Colton Miller, some people like him more than, than I like him. Uh, and then you have Rashawn Slater out there with the chargers. And I don't know enough about Orlando Brown, but I mean, I'm giving it to the pro bowler last year. Mm, going with Garrett Bowles. I love Garrett it. Pro Bowles. And uh, so that means you project him to continue on what he did last year. Last year was not an anomaly. No, I, I really don't think so. And I think confidence is a big thing for Garrett. I think he's a confident guy now. Uh, and so I think the, the, the combination of having better quarterback play behind him than he's ever had before, whether it's an, a, a year older drew lock 
um, who he's always played the best with Drew Locke, um, or a tr- you know a, a true um, solid veteran in Teddy Bridgewater, who by the way is more mobile than any of the guys um, that they had had before Drew. I think that you know he just he stays on his path and keeps it rolling. Okay, well, Ryan, I may have to disagree with you on this one. And I may have to go with Orlando Brown. He's a two-time consecutive pro bowler and his quarterback. I mean, it's hard to imagine a quarterback situation improving from Lamar Jackson. Now you can make the argument that Lamar's mobility really helped Orlando Brown uh, out there in Baltimore, but he's still improving in the quarterback position with Patrick Mahomes and Mahomes is obviously a better quarterback than the Broncos upgraded quarterback room. So I just think when we look back at this year, it's probably more likely that Orlando Brown is a three-time pro bowler than it is that Garrett Bowles is a two-time pro bowler. And that's not a knock on Garrett. It's just like you said with the chiefs, they're a cheat code. So it's going to make anyone there look better. Fair. That's totally fair. All right, left guard, you have the Broncos with Dalton Reisner trying to make a bounce back season. Actually, he and Noah Fant today out there at Red Rocks running the stairs, getting ready for camp. And then across the AFC, man, this one is is tough. At the Raiders, you got Richie Incognito. What a nope. guy he is. You have Joe Thune, and I think we can probably yep. stop right there. Yep, we sure can, unless we want to talk about Matt Filer. Um, for the Chargers, yeah, exactly. It's Thuny. It's <laughs> yeah, it it's it's easy Thuny. All right, you may have to help me out with center here. Obviously, Broncos got Lloyd Cushenberry, or do they have Lloyd Cushenberry? Do they have a uh, little belly and Quinn Minerts? It's it's Lloyd. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, this thing is wide open. Um, yeah. I mean, just going off of names here, Corey Lindsley. You know, he's been around for a little while. Right. Played a lot of games. Uh, I feel like at this position, we're honestly just giving the nod to the guy that's played the most games, right? Which is him. I believe so. Yeah, Yeah. because out out in Oakland, it's uh, Andre James, who's only 24 years old. He started one game in his career, so certainly not going him. And then with the Chiefs, you had Creed Humphrey, um, who uh, he's played some games, hasn't he? Well, he has... I think, is he not a rookie this year? Creed Humphrey? He, he is. I think he's been around for a long Oh, no, you're right. You're right. I saw something else. Yes, he's a rookie this year. So not him. So are we, are we going with uh, Corey Lindsley? Just I guess, because yeah. he's as... Uh, uh, as our guy Eric Weedham would say, he's a warm body. Yes, a warm body. And I bet you, let's see, Corey Lindsley. Let's see if he has any uh, any decoration on his name. Maybe so, yeah, help. he was actually a first-team All-Pro last season. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. Easy there enough. There you then. go, yeah. Uh, but not, <laughs> he had done really nothing in between then. Um, um no wonder he with the Packers. So speaking of good quarterbacks, helping him out. Yeah, really interesting. So he makes the PFWA all rookie team in 2014 and then no anything after that. 
uh, and then just first team all pro last season. How about that? Talk about a jump for him. Okay. Well, that helps the, uh, the offensive line. Now you've got, uh, you know, three, three pro bowlers. Um, although he wasn't a pro bowler, just an all pro. All right. At right guard for the Broncos, you have Graham Glasgow, another guy that should by his paycheck be making a strong push for this as well. How does it, how does it look around the rest of the AFC? It's bleak. Um, I probably would go with uh, LDT out in Kansas City. Obviously, he didn't play last year, opted out. He's like a doctor. He was like doing really important things in the world. Um, and then they also have Kyle Long on the uh, depth chart over there. But I'm probably going Laurent Duvernay-Tardif uh, yeah. as, as the uh, first team over there kind of a guy that everyone uh, can also root for, even though, you know, you're not going to be rooting for him on Sunday, but kind of cool what he did. So I agree with that, Ryan, a a spot where it wouldn't be a shock if Graham Glasgow ended up as the number one right guard in the AFC West after this year, though. I'm putting uh, Graham Glasgow at the top of my most likely to get benched during the season list. Ooh, you know, tomorrow we are doing a little LVP, least valuable player. I'm curious if he falls in there for you, Ryan. <laughs> Don't spoil it. Yeah, now, I just think um, I just think Moody is, you know, mm. going to be rearing to go. And Maybe we're talking 2022. Moody's on this list. Possibly, you know, I mean, he's a freak. Uh, he's so strong, but I just, I don't trust Graham Glasgow. Don't trust him. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's very fair. All right. And then right tackle with the Broncos. I mean, there's just no argument that you could make that one of these guys should be on there because they got four guys competing for the position, according to Vic Fangio, including, and not a shot at him, but just the truth, including Quinn Bailey is fighting for this position. So, I mean, it just, yeah, if the Broncos have four guys competing for the position, it certainly means that they don't have one. So unfortunately they got to look outside of Denver to find the right tackle out in uh, Las Vegas. You have Alex Leatherwood out there who uh, everyone said was just a massive reach, but Still a first-round pick. That's how the Raiders viewed him. You have uh, Brian uh, Beluga out there Bula- in – Oh, Belaga, yes, thank you. Uh, you know you know my pronunciation skills. Out there in uh, Los Angeles. And then out in Kansas City, you have Mike Remmers. Yeah, Mike Remmers is garbage. Um, yeah, no also, way. Kyle Long uh, might play there. I'm not sure what's going on. Oh, that's true. Um it, it's definitely Brian Bulaga. Uh, he was he was like easily one of the best right tackles in the league during his entire time um, in Green Bay. Um, and now he gets to go play in front of another good quarterback. Yep, ex- you're exactly right. That's easy. So, man, when you look around and when you look at the Broncos offensive line, there is hope that this is the best offensive line they've had in a while. You got a high paid right guard. You have a center going on his second year. You have competition at the center spot as well. At left guard, you hope that Dalton Reisner takes a step up. He dealt with some injuries last year. So you hope that there's that he takes a step up. And then you 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 hope and there's legitimate hope there with Garrett Bowles that he continues to what he continues what he did last year. But I think when you look around at the offensive line, Ryan, 
there are a lot of hopes that you're saying with them. They, they can take a huge step up from where they were last year, but there's nothing really concrete except what Garrett Bowles did last year to say, okay, this is going to be a great offensive line, but the, the, they do have the opportunity to take a big step up, but they're just not proven yet to, to really get in this mix that much. Yeah, exactly. It's not, I mean, there's no one in there other than Garrett Bowles, uh, who really even has a case in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. And then you look at the position players, it's really just unfortunate that Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey are in this division. Jerry Judy, he needs to have a big year, him or Cortland Sutton, to represent the Broncos there. Or maybe, you know, Melvin Gordon really takes off as the bell cow or vice versa. It's Javante Williams and prove that they're the best running back. Uh, it just, I just think Josh Jacobs is going to be a true RB1 out there, and he's going to be able to put up stats where I do think it's going to be like a true 50-50 between Melvin and Javante. So it's going to be hard for one of those guys to, to take this spot at the end of the season. Yeah, I also, you know, um, I'm contractually obligated to mention this. So, um, <laughs> the current, as it stands currently, the Broncos are in last place in quarterbacks. Um, if if they were to get Aaron Rodgers, they would be pushing Ooh. for first place, and that to me is a whole other conversation. But it's worth noting here. Yeah, I mean, we we buy our contract. Like you said, we had to men mention Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos in the first segment, and the first segment's about to wrap up. So it's good you got that in there, Ryan, but it, it helps everyone. And in fact, we may be talking at the end of the season about an MVP, Aaron Rodgers, being better than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and if you want an MVP shipped straight to your door, get in on some hassle cattle company Wagyu. Uh, I've said, it, I've told you guys this, but it is, it is the MVP. Like it is truly the most valuable prime beef, uh, that you can get. It is so freaking good. I've never had anything from there that wasn't absolutely positively elite. Um, so get it sent straight, get it sent straight to your door and you can use the code DNVR10. For 10% off. DNVR 10 for 10% off. And you can get uh, free shipping on any order over $200. You also have to check out our friends over at Ball. I'm talking about the company, the aerospace company that also is the sponsor of Ball Arena. Yep, we're talking about them. They've partnered with us because they've got something really cool going on. They want to hire you. So they are paying us to hire you. That's all they want to do right now. They want to add line capacity to their 400 person plant here in town in Golden. The demand for sustainable aluminum beverage cans is greater than ever. And more than that, chances are if you consumed a beverage in a can, it's been from a ball aluminum can. Heck, I'm drinking some coffee right now out of a ball glass jar right now, but they're all about the aluminum. In fact, in 2020, ball made over 101 billion cans with a B billion 101 billion cans in 2020 and that's why being sustainable is so important to them and that's one of the things that they really pride themselves on is sustainability and you can work for such a great company here's how you do it all you do is text golden to 77222 to find out more or you can go to jobs.ball.com and search for golden to apply for a position that text golden to 77222 or check them out at jobs.ball.com to earn some money and Ryan also 
got to tell you guys about how to become a DNBR member. Because let's say you uh, drink Breck Brew, you want to come down to the bar. Well, if you're at the bar, you might as well get a member beer, which is just a free six ounces of beer, right? I'm going to be drinking some member beers this Saturday night for an awesome fight night that we've got going on. I'm so excited to see this because it's really going to be uh, a unique event for DNBR. Typically, DNBR, everyone's cheering for the same person, uh, the same team, because that's what we are. Everyone knows what who we're cheering for. But this Saturday night, fight night, is going to be interesting, and I can't wait to see what the environment is like. I think it's going to be an absolute blast because we've already established there's no better place to watch sports than at DNBR. NVR. So why not get a fight in? I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. We're going to have so many people there. It's going to be awesome. And as we found out from playoffs of with basketball and hockey, there's no better place to watch anything. So come down there. When you're a member, you get a 22 ounce beer for the price of a 16 ounce beer. You get a free DNVR shirt of your choice with an annual membership. You get to comment on our podcast. There are really endless uh, things that you get with the DNVR membership and you get to support us. And we really, really appreciate it. So why don't you go on to the ddnbr.com join and when you do drop in the comment section and say hello yeah absolutely and you know just to peel the curtain back a little bit for the listeners um a lot of bars don't like doing these ufc events Mm -hmm. um because the pay-per-view on them is really expensive for bars it's not the same as if you just buy it at your house you have to like pay based on your capacity Uh, and it's a whole thing so most bars don't want to do this and if they do do it then they charge a cover uh, because again they have to pay for every single person that comes in so what i'm saying here is this is a little bit of a test run for us we're saying hey can we do this no cover charge and uh, impact the bar and uh and you know have a great time so that's the goal and I hope, you know, I'm very confident that we're, uh, the people are going to come through, come hang out on Saturday night, and you, especially for the people who have been there a bunch. Like, I know you're missing the feeling of being in the packed DNVR bar yelling and screaming about stuff. Uh, so this will be great. Hopefully it all works out and we can we can make this a running tradition. Yeah. And I mean, you're also, everyone's probably going to be on that uh, first round action too. It's going to be so much fun with people getting in on everything with DraftKings too. I feel like this is going to be um, a much more, uh, a a much more passionate crowd than just a typical UFC fight. Yeah. And I just think like UFC gets you riled up in a totally different way than like a basketball game. Yeah, it does. And also, I mean, I, I know there's some diehards out there for UFC, but I f- it, it, it's going to be, uh, you know, if, if someone's down, I don't think it's going to be, you know, a down bar. No, exactly. No, the bar's just going to be rowdy no matter what. It's kind of nice. <laughs> All right, let's move on here uh, onto the defensive side of the ball, uh, Zach. And this one will be interesting. How do we want to do this in terms of the yeah. format of the defense? Should we, uh, I mean, we're Broncos pod. Should we do a three, four defense and just see who fits in? Yeah, we, we could do that. Or I was going to say, we can just do like multiple defensive tackles, multiple defensive ends and multiple outside linebackers. Sure. I like that. I like that. So we'll do two outside linebackers, two defensive ends and two defensive tackles. And let's, let's start inside and move our way out. So technically what what are we calling shelby harris a defensive end here and mike purcell is the defensive tackle yeah i guess yeah so mike 
Mike Purcell, let's start with the big guy in the middle. Uh, of course, had a very good season last year before getting hurt, but it looks like he's competing against uh, uh, Jonathan Hankins out there uh, in Las Vegas, along with Quinton Jefferson. Uh, and then the Chiefs, I mean, this is just a really easy one to fill in. You have Chris Jones. I mean, do we just start with him and throw him there? Yes, you absolutely do that. Uh, Chris Jones is absolutely in. Man, after that, it is slim pickings. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it is pretty open. You have Linval Joseph out there in Los Angeles. Uh-huh, he's solid. Um yeah. Quentin Jefferson, man, I guess if we're given the thing is the, the Raiders are the, or let's see, base three, four. So the Raiders and um, Chiefs are the only ones putting two defensive tackles on there. Um, Jaron Reed is also a pretty solid player out there uh, yeah. for the Chiefs. I, I, I don't know if Mike Purcell's done enough to earn his way in. I mean, Jaron Reed had Joseph six and a half sacks last year. Man, dang. Are we going with him or are we going with uh, Limbaugh Joseph, who was a two-time Pro Bowler in 2016 and 2017? Hmm. Let's spread the love around. We'll we'll put in Linval Joseph. All right, perfect. I like that. Uh, now, d- moving outside, defensive end. So for the Broncos, You've got Shelby Harris in the hot, maybe the hottest underdog name or or up and coming name in the entire with the entire Broncos roster, Draymond Jones, competing against some pretty good competition. You have Joey Bosa. That that's just an automatic guy that we put in, right? Well, he's kind of playing line. I think I would put him in the outside linebacker category. Oh, would you? Okay. Are, are, are you sure? You I want don't to do know. That, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they, kind of a... they're putting on ESPN. They're listing him as a will linebacker. Oh, um, okay. He, so, uh, man, it's six, five, two eighty. Yeah. Let's put him in the defensive end category. <laughs> um, so we're putting him at defensive end. Then you also have Frank Clark. Um, is he you gonna be have, playing this year? I have no idea, but for that reason, we can leave him off. Um, <laughs> you have Yannick and Gakwe, um, mm-hmm. who's never quite been the same as he was in that one Jags defense, right? And then Jerry Tillery. So I say we go um, Bosa and Shelby Harris. Yep, I like that. I like that a lot. All right, Shelby making the first Broncos appearance for us here. I love it. Okay, now let's go outside, and I'm happy that we put Joey Bosa there. Are you just going Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, call it a day? Mm, this is so hard, and people are going to complain about our format here because it's just difficult to <laughs> go across multiple defenses because I think Joey Bosa is more similar to Von Miller than he is to Shelby Harris. Um, yeah. yeah, you're probably right. But whatever. Um, Chiefs don't have anyone to compete for this in terms of how we're structuring this, I don't believe. Yeah, because like Frank Clark really should be in this conversation, I think. Um, <laughs> right. But he's not invited. And then it is weird. Like Corey Littleton is technically one of the Raiders outside linebackers, but he's certainly nowhere near a, a Von Miller or Bradley Chubb style of player. Right. He's a linebacker. Right. Um, 
the Chargers. Yeah, like you said, you'd have the Joey Bosa's of the world. Um, Kenneth Murray, again, he's more of an inside guy. Um, I guess. Let's just do it. Is, Von Miller, is it Bradley Chubb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. Why not? Okay, now, uh, well, I guess inside linebackers, now you get to include, like, the other teams that run a 4-3 will have three guys competing instead of just two, like the Broncos. All right, the Broncos don't get anyone in anyway, most likely. <laughs> right, so we'll um, do two inside linebackers. Okay, two inside linebackers. All right, so Kenneth Murray um, is one of them. For the Chargers, you also have, uh, uh, man, Corey Littleton. I mean, he's being paid Kwi- like he Kwi- should be Kowski. on this list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kwiatkowski is pretty legit, too. Um, I don't think it's Littleton. Okay. You think Kwiatkowski gets Chiefs, it? The Chiefs have Hitchens, Bolton, who's a rookie, uh, and Willie Gay, who's a second-year player. Right. So, so you're saying Kenneth Murray and one other one? I, I'm not locked in on Kenneth Murray, but I just, man, being the first-round pick, he really should be on here at, by the end of the year. Yeah, man. It's a pretty uh, paltry list here. I, I'll go – I mean – So I because it's a paltry list, do you think – do you think Alexander Johnson should be in the mix? Now that I look at all the names, yes, I think he is in the mix. Okay. Is he on the list? I don't know. I really don't have like a I don't have like a a strong feeling about any of these guys. Alexander Johnson just the way he took off, he probably should be on this list just because like you said no one's sticking out. So you go Alexander Johnson, and then let's look at what, what Kenneth Murray did last year. Because, of course, the uh, the Chargers traded up to get him, didn't they? Sounds about right. Man, he had a 14-tackle game against the uh, uh, Patriots. Whew. He was on the PFW All-Rookie team last year. All right, let's give it to him. Okay. Kenneth That's Murray, there me. we go. <laughs> Kenneth Murray, Inside Alexander Johnson? Yep. <laughs> yep. Move? yep, exactly. So right now, before we go into the secondary, Ryan, I believe half of this team is made up of Broncos because you got Alexander Johnson, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Shelby Harris. So you've got four guys out of eight. That's impressive. And we're going to go over 11, but that's okay. Right. Right, we're going to go over left. So we we have to do two cor- or three cornerbacks, right? Just because of the way the NFL is right now. Sure, why not? I mean, we're already going <laughs> to cross over. So we were uh, good with uh, we were good on offense. We did eleven on offense, but uh, got to do more on defense. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, corners at the top of their list, uh, the Chiefs have Lajarius Sneed and Charvarius Ward, um, both pretty solid mm-hmm. um the broncos obviously are bringing ronald darby kyle fuller rice callahan and pat sertan to the to the table here mm-hmm. yep 
Very strong. The Raiders are bringing Casey Hayward Jr., who is never healthy. Um, Trayvon Mullen, who was a bad pick when they picked him. Um, and the Chargers are bringing, of course, our old friend Chris Harris Jr. Yeah. Uh, and that's really about it. Agreed? Yes, yes, I do agree with that. Um, which makes this okay. interesting, Ryan, because we could make a case for four Broncos to be on this three-man list. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And again, we are projecting where people are going to be at the end of the season, not where they are now. So you right. can pick rookies. Yes, you can. So I see what you want to do here. You want to pick Patrick Sertan. I don't want to. I'm going to. Yeah. Um, I'm putting Pat Sertan too. in my top three. Man, and it's not crazy. He should be. Uh, when you pass on a quarterback, when you need a quarterback because you like a cornerback in the top 10, he should be that good. And I just, he's going to be playing from very early on. I, I love this pick, Ryan. Yes, I agree. Um, I'm going Pat Sertan, Kyle Fuller, Chris Harris Jr. Oh, so Chris Harris Jr. over Bryce Callahan, huh? Yeah, Chris is still the best slot corner in the division, in my opinion. Um, now he's due to drop off at any moment, so maybe that happens this year. And, of course, um, you know, if anyone runs a route that he hasn't seen before, well, then he's in big <laughs> trouble. But um, in, until then – He's still the best slot corner in the division. Man, healthy. Give me Bryce Callahan. Oh, man. And Chris did miss a lot of games, but Chris has just been more reliable. So uh, I won't give you any pushback there. Kyle Fuller, he's going to have to take a big step up uh, in order to... uh, to well he's gonna have to take a big step up from where he's been the past couple of years to earn this but we know in a Vic Fangio defense he can so I like it and Ryan maybe just like tight end the safety position is pretty stacked in the AFC West in any division you're not bad if your top two safeties are Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson those two guys aren't going to uh, be my list though. They're not, it's not just going to be put the Broncos safeties and have it be that you've got the honey badger out there in Kansas city. You've got Derwin James out there in Los Angeles. And of course you have Mr. All pro highest paid safety in the NFL, uh, Justin Simmons out here in Denver all three of those guys really should make this. And then of course with the Raiders, you have Jonathan Abram. The way that I will uh, tilt this is both um, Tyron Matthew and Derwin James are of the strong safety mold in the sense Mm -hmm. of where they play on the field, whereas Justin Simmons, more of a free safety. So if we are putting those molds into this one strong safety, one free safety, then I would go Tyron Matthew, Justin Simmons. Oh, you're going Tyron, really? Yep. Over Derwin. Okay, I I don't think we're going to be able to come to an agreement there. So I'll give you Tyron Matthew. And uh, I mean, great player, but I just think Derwin James at, at the end of this year, if he's able to stay healthy, which it, which is a big if after last year uh, is just going to clearly be the best strong safety in the league. But I like that. So easy, Justin Simmons and then Tyron Matthew for you, Derwin James for me. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I just think Tyron Matthew is like, 
he might be the most impactful defensive player um, in the entire division, I think. Wow. So that's how you view him. And he is, he's the biggest Swiss army knife uh, of any, anyone in the division. Exactly. And I just think like the way that he's used, you watch him and he'll cover multiple routes on one play. Like he'll, he'll stop you from being able to go over the top. Then he'll crash down and take away the underneath. It's crazy the way that he, just uses his instincts to absolutely, uh, you know, stymie offenses. So Ryan, for offense, we had, uh, you had two guys on the Broncos, two out of 11 on offense. I only had one because I didn't have Garrett Bowles in there, but on defense, we said there were 13 positions. We had seven of them being Broncos and it's no surprise that's how this team is built they're built on defense for this year with a defensive minded head coach as well so this is really how the Broncos should be and it's clear that the defense is going to have to carry them this year you hope the offense is average and this defense should absolutely be elite and we know that injuries can play a part but man you have guys at every single level of this defense you have them uh, up front in the trenches with Shelby Harris. You have him outside with two outside linebackers. You have him in the middle of the defense with Alexander Johnson. And then pretty much the entire secondary is Broncos as well. And I think that's, like you said, that's the way it should be. Um, that's the way the Broncos have structured their team. And that's the way a lot of these guys are getting paid. Yeah, exactly. So man, uh, I, I really like doing this. I thought it was going to end up this way, although I didn't really think it was going to be more Broncos than not on the defensive team, but it just shows just how, how it should be. And of course, we know the AFC West is just stacked with offensive talent. So it's certainly not an indictment on the Broncos offense, just of where they look right now. And like you said, Ryan, if they get Aaron Rodgers, there's our second segment, shout out to Aaron. Uh, then you could have a few more guys on that list. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's not only does it open them up for the quarterback position. Um, it really opens them up for the running back position. I think it opens up the tight end position uh, and it gives them an opportunity to potentially, uh, I guess, maybe not sweep the the wide receivers, but um, you feel a lot more confident knowing that you're going to get one of those wide receivers in and all of the offensive linemen are going to look better. Even Graham Glasgow oh, yes. might look great. Oh, yes. And maybe he's not your LVP tomorrow. Are we yeah, just exactly. are we just putting that in Sharpie? No, I, I don't think so. I haven't, You're like, I haven't, no, uh, I got a lot of LVP candidates. <laughs> I, I haven't thought about it, but least valuable starter. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's, to I've, me, it's I've more about. Mine. I think it's pretty clever. Uh, to me, it's more about like most valuable replacement. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he has to keep his play up at a certain level before Natani Muti just comes and swoops his job. Last year, it wasn't going to happen because they were easing Natani in, um, and he was getting paid a ton. This year, he's getting paid a ton, but, you know, Natani was healthy last year, and and he's ready to go. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's certainly someone where I was a little surprised, Ryan, that they didn't bring Natani back at the end of the season and let him play a little more. That's going to be something that's going to be hard to keep him on the sideline, especially if there's any struggles from anyone up front. 
All right, Zach, it's about that time in the podcast when we start to get very hungry, which is why I'm going to tell you about our friends over at Illegal Pete's. Uh, if you haven't been to Illegal Pete's, I don't really know what's wrong with you or you don't live in Colorado, uh, but you got to go down there. You know, if you don't know, it's like a Chipotle or a Qdoba, but even better, locally sourced ingredients. Um, they've got, you can do your burrito Colorado style, which is half queso, half green chili in there. They'll throw the potatoes in there, even like our friends uh, down in California love to have in their uh, burritos with the fries. So make sure you check them out down there. Uh, they've got all sorts of awesome stuff, including the soundcheck promotion, which is an ongoing promotion at all locations that orders uh, that offers a free draft beer or house marg with the purchase of an entree. When you show a same-day ticket to any event in Denver, uh, which is pretty awesome, maybe I'll uh, head over there on my way to the Home Run Derby on Monday. Oh, that sounds pretty darn good. And Ryan, another Colorado thing is checking out our friends over at Solace Meds. They've got four convenient Colorado locations, one in Fort Collins, one in Reet Ridge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away from us on East Colfax. So if you're going to the Home Run Derby and want the home runs just to look incredible, well, maybe check out the location right by us on Colfax on your way to Coors Field for any of the all-star festivities. And our friends over at Solace Meds will hook you up with some huge deals this month. They've got Wild Night and Day Gummies. Buy one, get one 50% off. They've got all Wana products, 25% off. They've got all, all cured resin cartridges, 20% off. All Green Dot concentrates, 20% off. Get a 10-cent pre-roll or 10-milligram edible when you spend 50 $50, which is easy. And on July 10th, on Saturday, concentrate sales all day at their stores. And here's another bonus. If you go to their Wheat Ridge location, you'll get a free Solace Bar or King Cone when you mention the code DNVR20. And that code DNVR20 will get you 20% off, an additional 20% off everything. So you can pack that code and get 20% off, plus all of those other deals that I mentioned, or you just get 20% off any product in their store. And if you're in Wheat Ridge, you get the free Solace Bar or King Cone as well. And of course, you can visit them online at solacemeds.com that's s-o-l-a-c-e meds.com and use that code either in store or online dnvr20 to get 20 percent off and of course finally our friends over at strava craft coffee where you can get cbd infused rich tasty coffee uh, for a lot of different people it's made big changes for them whether that's with joint pain chronic headaches different stuff you get that little infusion of cbd in the morning that you're going to drink uh, your coffee anyway. And a lot of people says it keeps them uh, from getting the coffee jitters. So check out Strava craft coffee, use the code DNVR 25 to get 25% off your first order there. And what what's more Zach is that once you love it, you can sign up for a subscription and they'll just send it right to you every two, four, six or eight weeks. So you won't even have to uh, wonder when it's coming, when you're going to run out, you'll know it's coming every two, four, six or eight weeks. And you're going to continue to get 20% off every single time they send it to you. All right, Ryan, let's hop into the comment section. First one coming in from Count Locula. He says to RK and Big Z, I don't like Rogers. I don't like the fact that he has been a media darling for his entire career and continues to be. He car he craves being the center of attention. You're right. I don't want the Broncos to trade for Rogers, but that having been said, I'll just be rooting and watching the tide rise for the other 52. I'm not going to continue my disdain in earnest. Rather, I'll politely place my fandom toward everyone else on the squad. The long and short of it is I want to root for people I like, and I don't like Rogers. Unfortunately, he has 
happens to be really good. Love the count. I just so like if you don't like guys who want to be the center of attention, being a fan of sports must be very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially basketball. Yeah, I mean, I I understand like there's I don't know. I feel like there's much better people to not like as people uh, across sports than Aaron Rodgers. I wouldn't think the Count's a big Tyreek Hill fan, that's for sure. Well, I would hope not. I would hope no one is, except <laughs> yeah. for the loser Chiefs fans. <laughs> there you go. Next one coming in from Casper. Fellas, although I'm not a Lightning fan, congrats to Mace on back-to-back cups. It's amazing how quickly a city can become title town. Seriously, I mean, I feel like Mace is always saying, pity me for his sports teams. Not anymore. That, that can't happen. That, that's for sure. Three championships in two years. Yeah, just insane within a, a 12-month period. Whew. Yep. He's, he says, also, the term fly by the seat of your pants comes from aviation. In the early days of flight, the test pilots didn't have many instruments to tell them how the plane was flying, so they had to rely on the field to tell them how things were going. They would get a lot of that from their backside. Therefore, they were flying by the seat of their pants. We always learn something new on the podcast. Uh, just quickly on Tampa, really, really fast. I, I was really disappointed in the energy uh, from the, in the building. It felt like they were already used to it. Wow. Just after one, they already felt that good. Yeah, like obviously it was – well, after two really because I'm sure most of them, you know, are, are Bucks fans too. Oh, right. Um, like – usually when a team wins the cup it's like the the celebration from the fans is like as good as any sport if not better um and so i was just obviously football you don't get to really see it because you know um the only people that can afford to go are like the richest fans in the fan base um but and it's not at home but in a home game i just i was expecting to see just a a wild atmosphere after they finally won and they looked complacent so what you're saying is they don't deserve anything else. Yeah, they're done. No more. <laughs> no more. You heard him, Tom. No more next year. I, 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 it's crazy that their stadium holds 33,000 people. I mean, Ball Arena here, shout out to Ball, is 18. How, I didn't know indoor stadiums could be 33. Yeah, that's huge. That is really crazy. I mean, I guess you, you have like the Colts Stadium, which is an indoor stadium that holds way more than that. That's really true. That's really true. So that the energy should have been double and it wasn't even that. Yeah, exactly. Next one's from Onion Booty Bronco. Hot take. The QB competition is a facade. Drew is the quarterback to attempt to motivate him while fastening a safety net underneath the Broncos. But I keep hearing players pref- uh, reference Drew as the team's QB and ask non-QB competition questions as if their subconscious is revealing a consensus inside the organization. Shelby does it often on his podcast, for example. Is this pizza bettable? If so, who's in love onion booty? Well, I, I wouldn't bet against you because I've got I've still got Drew picked for my uh, my pick to win the competition. But Zach, you want to get on a pizza bet with him? Yeah, I think I may have to onion booty right here. We can lock it in right now. Um, But here's the thing, Ryan. If onion booty is right, 
I feel like I say this when it comes to a lot of things with the quarterback, what the heck are they doing? I mean, don't, don't just bring Teddy in to light a fire under drew. And if they needed that to happen, then drew isn't your guy. Now I don't believe that they needed that to happen in order for drew to be like, okay, now I'm going to start working. So I don't believe that's the case, but if you believe that's the case as an NFL organization, then, then, then you should have drafted Justin Fields. You should have traded two first for, for Matthew Stafford. You should do whatever you have to to get Aaron Rodgers. Again, I don't believe that's the case. I do believe this is a competition. Right now, I do give the edge to Teddy Bridgewater. So I take you up on your pizza bet, and I really hope that you're wrong about your reasoning for that because otherwise it would be so stupid to be taking away reps from Drew just to light a fire under him. Yeah, and I kind of agree. If like if your quarterback needs competition, that's the only way that you can get him to like want to be the best. Then he's got a problem. But I don't believe that of, of Drew at all. Um, and, and I don't think the team is dumb enough to like lose reps for the starting quarterback just to try and light a fire under him. Yeah, I totally agree. Onion Booty also adds, congrats on the engagement, Zach. The Booty loves you. Oh, man, I love when Booty loves me. Thank you, Booty. I love you right back. From Melbourne Bronco, I can understand Count Oculus disdain for Rodgers. I'm the same way with Brady. But anyone that puts on a Denver uniform gets my support. I just want the Broncos to be relevant again with either Drew, Teddy, A-A-Ron leading the team. Pretty sure most fans feel the same. Cheers. Yeah, I think so, too. I think a lot of fans feel it, especially when it's an all time great coming to your team. It's really easy to drop any disdain. I know Broncos fans really cannot stand Tom Brady. If he were to come here, Ryan, everyone, I think, would uh, would, would embrace him, maybe just for the time he's here, um, but they would certainly embrace him. Yeah, absolutely. Next one from NDAC Logan. Hey, Zach, congrats on the engagement. Thank you so much. He says, did you see the news this weekend? The Chargers are now going to run their offense through Justin Hurd in different ways. The other way I look at it is just it's, it's Justin going to be the primary play caller now, primary play caller now, which goes away from the traditional look of a coach calling. Is there another way you can interpret what's being said? Yeah, I mean, I think when they say they're going to run the offense through Justin Herbert, it just means they're going to pass the ball more. Maybe they are going to give him more control at the line or whatever, but that's essentially what that means to me. Yeah, to me, it says they're not going to treat him like a rookie. Uh, they're going to give him the responsibility of what a great quarterback should do. And last year, he showed that he has the potential to be a great quarterback. Now it's going to be all on his shoulders. Is that going to be too much weight on him? Ryan, you may think so. Uh, I'm not going to bet against him. I already bet against him by thinking he wasn't going to be good and he proved me wrong. So I've totally flipped, but I still understand why you're just holding out that that he's not going to be great. Yeah, I just think that a lot of times we write the book on people too fast. And a lot of times it's the other way around, like a Josh Allen where everyone's just out on him. But I also think we fall in love with people too fast. Um, And, you know, I think a lot of NFL, especially the teams that are in the division and the ones that are going to have him on the schedule are going to spend a lot of time this offseason saying, okay, what are his weaknesses? How do we exploit them? One person who did a great job of that last season was Vic Fangio. Yep. And that that's a very fair point. I mean, he, he only has one less than one full season under his belt. All right. Next one comes in from Mrs. Quill. I know it's not Broncos related, but can you guys take a stab at trying to explain the Rockies unbelievable home road splits? How can you both lead the national league in home wins and be on pace for the worst road record of all time? I've yet to hear an explanation that makes sense. 
I no, I can't I can't explain it. It is absolutely insane, Ryan. I mean, it, it can't be the altitude because they're not winning these games at home, you know, 10-9. They're not putting up huge numbers at home and that's just why they can't win on the road. Yeah, I mean, I I can take a stab at it. Um it's a confidence thing. Sports so much of sports is about confidence. And so the season gets going and uh, the Rockies get some wins at home and they're feeling confident at home. And when they stand out there and they look at the batter's eye in center field at course field, they feel confident. The pitchers, for whatever reason, are pitching really well at course. Uh, and then they go out on the road and they start to think about, oh, gosh, we've been so bad on the road. So to me, it was something that started early that wasn't necessarily a trend yet that just compounded upon itself and now has created a situation where when they stand on course field, they feel like they're going to win. And when they stand on another field, they feel like they're going to lose. And usually your feelings are right. So now that we're like halfway through the season, is this something that can be changed Is the all-star break much needed for their road woes? No. And in fact, I think this team is bad enough that the, um, the home record is actually more of an outlier than the road record, if you know what I'm saying. So they might be better off just keeping it this way. I might be better off with my over 63 and a half wins ticket. um, (laughs) If they just keep winning at home and keep losing on the road. Are they on pace for it? They are. Nice. Nice. I love it. Um, I, I want them just to keep this up, Ryan. They're not making the playoffs. Unfortunately, might as well finish as the best team at home and the worst team ever on the road and just have it be a, a big mystery to everyone. Yeah. I mean, it would, it would be very, um, very bad for the narrative, but it would be kind of funny. Also pretty easy to bet on them, right? You just bet on them when they're at home and on the road, bet against them. It's actually very true. <laughs> Next one coming in from orange and blue all over. Assume you guys covered in first segment, but what are the chances we get a boon chant in stadium when Mike Boone runs the ball? Hey, that was our first segment. You loved it. Being an up updrafted guy with cool story or an undrafted guy with a cool story. Think Broncos fans will fall in love with the third string running back in the end. The guy looks like he could be a dominant running back at any moment. Um, yeah the only thing that's holding him back is opportunity. So I hope that he does well. And I hope that Broncos fans embrace him. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen this year because although we're seeing a heavy dose of Mike Boone so far this off season, I really think once the season comes around, they're going to rely on the fourth highest paid running back in the league, Melvin Gordon and the second round pick that they traded up for in Javante Williams. However, maybe we get the Boone chant next year when I think he legitimately could be the Broncos number two running back behind Javante. Why not? Why not? I mean, he's only done great in his opportunities in the NFL. So I'll count me in on that. Next one's from Windy City Broncos says, I'm a little worried that Rodgers is going to be sitting out the season rather than playing for the Packers or the Broncos. If that was the case, why wouldn't he have opted out, Zach? He probably should have opted out because if he opted out, he gets to hang on to $29 million. If he didn't opt out, he's got to start paying back $29 million. Yeah, exactly. Um, goes on what's the logic of the Packers making a trade this season it's unlikely that they'll get anything in return that makes their team better this year worse by trading now the picks they get in return are less likely to be valuable the only reason to trade Rodgers now is believing that Rodgers is aging and that age will hurt his value over time maybe it does but if they wait they get three major advantages one they know exactly what draft pick they're trading for in 2022 two they know what Jordan Love is really capable of before they make a move and three they have more bidders for Rodgers 
they trade Rodgers now, the first pick they'll get is in the late 20s. If they trade Rodgers next season, they can pretty much guarantee a top five pick in their trade. Even later year picks are likely better in that scenario since they'd be trading to a team with a worse roster than the Broncos. Yeah, I agree with you with most of the things. However, you said it's unlikely that they'll get anything in return that makes them better this year. That is one thing that the Broncos can certainly offer them. It's something that makes them better this year. They have the Cortland Sutton, the Jerry Judy, uh, the Justin Simmons, if they wanted to throw that in there, although I doubt he'd be in there. Uh, The Bradley Chubbs of the world. That would make their team better this year. It's a known commodity. So that's the only thing I disagree with you with. I I do think that the value for them to trade him would probably be in the draft picks that's what they would want for the most part so it would be better to trade him after this year now you just wonder how much does the value drop off after losing a year but there's more bidders so that probably makes it so that the value doesn't drop off as much fair enough i think all points are fair i just hope it doesn't happen that way (laughs) (laughs) exactly and last one coming in from ldj he says rogers is going to retire unless the packers do the right thing they could have had the third overall pick the ninth and then some from denver they chose not to you risk trading him somewhere he's not willing to report to shake my head they messed this up should have done this draft night trade and do the right thing yeah i mean there's no question that it seems like uh if this thing comes to a stalemate the packers are doing wrong by aaron rodgers they're doing wrong by the nfl uh and some people would say that aaron rodgers just just needs to show up but you hope that this doesn't get dirty that just for everyone's sake they come together and for the broncos sake you hope it's not that he returns to 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 green bay you hope that they trade him but man the nfl is going to be pissed if he is just sitting or forced to retire yeah uh, there i have to imagine that you know they can't control the franchise but they would step in and say hey we're not going to let aaron Rodgers just get it a year older uh, and miss out on a year of him playing. Yeah, it, exactly. Exactly. Man, Ryan, we are less than three weeks from the start of camp, less than three weeks until we find out if Aaron Rodgers reports or not. We're going to have more storylines at the beginning of this camp than we typically ever have, and it's going to be so much fun. It is going to be fun. What else is fun is heading over to msudenver.edu slash online to scope out all that they have to offer. They are the number one place to go if you're trying to keep a full-time job and further your education. Check them out. They've got 75-plus online and hybrid programs, 450 total classes, and you can see all they have to offer at msudenver.edu slash online. But for today on the DNVR Broncos podcast, that's going to wrap it up for Zach and I. We'll be back tomorrow with a new edition of Clearing Circus and our friend Nate Kreckman. So we'll see you guys then.